Hello and welcome back to the Clock End, an Arsenal podcast with me, Steve. Apologies, it's been a few weeks. There's been four games since we last recorded. Two wins, two defeats. We're back to talk about it all today. And with me, as always, I have Calvin. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, it's not too bad. Not too bad. Good to be back on the podcast. Um, I, I was going to say, you know, it's great to be, you know, back fighting fit and well um, as a squad. But, you know, you still sound pretty ropey, my friend. Um which is mad because you had COVID. Not sounding great. Yeah. No, you're well, not. I didn't mate. have COVID, did I? No, you had it, but you got rid of it. I had it. Slowly got rid of it, and now you've just got a, a never-ending cold. Well, I never tested positive, though. It, it was a negative test. So I think it was just a cold with very, very similar symptoms. If if you want to know, um, Ooh, it's so bizarre have, having my having my camera off. I feel like I'm just like the invisible man in the room today. <laughs> You're definitely um, not invisible in this room, my friend. No. We do have a little bit of a special guest on with us today. It's been a while, hasn't it, mate? Welcome back, Liam. Where the hell have you been? Thank you, my friend. Um, yeah, it's been a little while. You say it's been four games since you guys record. What's it been, about 15 games since I was last here? Something around that number. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, I won't go into loads of detail, but I, I suffered a, a TBI, a traumatic brain injury. I don't like the word traumatic, but I guess three months or 13 plus weeks uh, on is is somewhat traumatic. But yeah, I got a knee to the head uh, and ever since a lot of headaches, exhaustion, it's not been a lot of fun. So I've been trying to avoid screens and overthinking, as my doctor says, not really meant to be here today, but we're giving it a shot. You had to avoid it. Yeah, I, I, I guess you didn't avoid much Arsenal, which has probably prolonged your uh, your comeback, though, to be perfectly honest, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, five to six, I was telling you before, but five to six weeks in, uh, I had a football training session um, and one of the guys was doing keepy-ups and managed to smack the ball straight into my head. And later that night, we beat Wolves with a last-minute winner at home. Um, so that definitely, I think, prolonged the recovery a little bit. That's a few, um, those few hours definitely wouldn't have helped, that's for sure. Crikey. Definitely not. But here I am, and I'm just glad to be back, and I wanted to be back uh, recording with you guys, having a catch-up and chatting about Arsenal. Glad to yeah, have you back, can we, Steve? It's wonderful to have you back, mate. Um, mm. and, that can, and that concludes today's podcast, so... Yeah. <laughs> thanks a lot for listening. Yeah, thanks, Liam. Thanks, um, Liam. Thank you for your comeback. It's been strong there, yeah. <laughs> strong comeback. Baby steps, baby steps. Ba- baby yeah. steps. So, let's sort of dive into the football. Um, as we mentioned before, it's been... I think we last recorded after Brighton, not Brighton, but Bright- no Palace, right? Palace. We last recorded yeah, must after be. Palace. To be honest, with you, it's been um, that long. I can't remember, Steve. To be honest, yeah. Since then, we've we've lost to both Brighton and Southampton. We've beaten Man United and Chelsea. Get your head around that one, um, mm. Liam. I'll sort of come to you first, as a, uh, because it's been so long. Like more of a, a kind of overview, kind of where where you're at and how you're feeling about, uh, you know, where the, where the team is standing and. Um, what are your thoughts on kind of the, the, the form in, in, in the last few months and uh, the running towards the end of the season? Um, well, well, I won't relitigate too much. I guess we'll go from the win to break. So, so my sort of two cents on Palace was we were just beaten by uh, a, a bigger, more physical, more physically ready uh, team than we were. We had a couple of injuries. They were fresh, fit and fighting. We had players at international breaks, et cetera, et cetera. They made the pitch too difficult for us to play our normal uh, normal football on, construct our stuff. 
I, I didn't see any gap in quality. And well, I thought we were clearly superior on the ball team than Palace, but Palace did what they could at their home ground um, to make our lives far too difficult to do that. And, and even the playing field and, and they were just much better physically. That was kind of that. So when we're going into Brighton, um, we're thinking, well, We've lost Tierney and we've also lost Party. What do we do? And we made the mistake we made last season, which is what really disappointed me about Brighton, is we put Xhaka at left back when Sambi really, really needed some help. So that was the biggest difficulty I had. Um, I also wanted Tavares to play because I thought, well, we're going to need Tavares. We can't keep playing Xhaka at left back. We're going to need him. Um and it was quite an e- the easy solution in my mind, at least, was to go back to what we did before. Um, I can't remember exactly when it was, but when Tavares, um, was it maybe October or November time when Tavares had come in because Tierney was out injured. And we had uh, Xhaka, I think Party was still there, of course. Uh, and Tavares basically just played as a left winger. And we had a back three of, of Gabriel White and Holding, uh, Gabriel White and Tomiyasu. I thought that was the easy solution. We didn't do it. We, we repeated past mistakes and that was my biggest frustration more than the football on the pitch, obviously, defeats. Uh, we could have done more. But that was my biggest frustration. And then Southampton comes around and we do revert to using Tavares. Um, and I think we were just too rusty in a lot of ways. Uh, Tavares didn't have his minutes under his belt. Sambi was still feeling his way back into the team. Um, Xhaka was finally part next to him. They didn't have that game experience against Brighton where we might have still lost to Brighton okay but we've got 90 minutes of this system under our belt and we're better prepared for an away day at Southampton and that's again where I then think our downfall came from if we just had that extra yard of pace that extra zip in our play I think we I think we get something from Southampton be it a draw or a win and that's where the kind of downfall comes from so that's it for me Uh, I guess uh, I'll stop rambling let you guys have your two cents Hey, you know what? You can ramble as much as you like, mate. You've got a lot of rambling to catch up on, right? <laughs> yeah, I've got to get out um, of the system a little bit, I guess. Yeah. You know what? It's 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 crazy because like after sort of after that Southampton game, your three defeats on the bounce, you know, the mood, you know, completely changed, didn't it? Like we just felt like we had the rug pulled from under our feet. We felt completely deflated, and you know, I, I, I honestly was like me like having a conversations about like. You know, we felt we completely derailed, and we were really worried about how far, how far we, we we might keep falling. Um, wasn't confident going into Chelsea at all. Didn't expect us to get anything. Um, so, Calvin, you you watched the game um, Wednesday night. I watched it on a terrible stream. Um, give me your thoughts on, on that one. Yeah, I think, you know, just touching on what you were just saying, I think, you know, everyone was incredibly frustrated after those three losses um, because not one Arsenal fan would have said we'd lose all three of those in a row. Uh, and I think we felt extra deflated because of the games that we had on the horizon after it. Um, and that's where the worry really started creeping in for me in particular, because, you know, like you just touched upon there, it was, I don't think a lot of us predicted getting much out of Chelsea. I mean, we, I think we would have all been very happy if we could have fought our way to a point to be perfectly honest with you. Um, you know, so we, we talk about it all the time, the fluidity in football opinion can change in a, in a, in a flick of a switch. Uh, and that's exactly what's happened over the course of the last couple of weeks at Arsenal once again. And, you know, we all felt terrible after those those defeats, but then the mood is, 
you know, it's peaking again, isn't it? You know, the season's not far out. You know, I remember, you know, after the Christmas period, it was all about, what was it, 17 cup finals or something ridiculous. You know, when you actually look back at it, 17 or whatever that figure was, cup finals to play, to get to Champions League football, you're going to have, you know, it's going to be a roller coaster. So, and that's exactly what we were experiencing. You know, Liam touched on it with, with a couple of those games. We Tactically, we didn't react well to our losses. Um, I, I couldn't agree more with what Liam said. We needed to find that balance. We didn't. And it was once, unfortunately, we, we lost those three games. Arteta decided to wake up a little bit and it needed switching up. Something needed to change. Um, and you have to kind of tip the hat, I guess, uh, to him at some point and say, well, look, you know, you bought an El Nenny. Look, we know what we get with El Nenny. And to be honest with you, I didn't have any qualms with him starting that game against Chelsea because uh, he is that more experienced. We do need that in there. Sambi Lukonga has shown very small glimpses, in my opinion, of what he might be able to do. But at this level, in your first season in the Premier League, with that pressure as well, it's not as if it's the early games in the season where you might be able to have a run and get away with it a little bit more. All these games really, really mean something. So I think he got a little bit lost. Uh, and without that support network around him, he was always going to struggle. But Chelsea, I mean, it was just one of those fucking... I mean, you could even throw a Man United as well. It's just so chaotic, isn't it? It's it's fun when you come out the right side of the back of the chaotic uh, or the the chaos. It's, I mean, I, that game could have ended up anything. It was a crazy first half. Um, you know, the goals were you know so error strewn from a defensive point of view from both sides. Uh, I mean, obviously our second goal was top top class, uh, that's for sure. But you know, we were giving the ball away quite a lot with simple passes. They were doing the same, and you kind of felt like. I mean, for me, I, I felt Arsenal were going to Arsenal. I said, like, this is, you could see, you could sense there was an opportunity to there for us to get something from the game. But when you take the lead twice at Stamford Bridge and then quickly get pegged back, um, letting in relatively poor goals, you just can't help. But you can't help as an Arsenal fan, but think of the negative sometimes, can you? And go, oh, we're just, you know, it's such a great opportunity for us to do something here, but we're just going to throw it away. But then the second half came, you know, came to fruition and, you know, we managed to win by two clear goals away at Stamford Bridge, which, I guess, look, you know, football shows you signs, doesn't it? Brentford won their 4-1. You know, they're not strong at home at the minute, which is unusual. Um, and it just goes to show that, you know, it doesn't matter how much football you watch, you, you might not ever know what's going to unfold in front of your very eyes in the course of 90 minutes. So by the end of it, like the rest of us, I was fucking over the moon um, because it felt like a little bit of a shift again, didn't it? And we really needed it. I think four, you know, four defeats on the bounce would have been would have been really hard. Um, and then that Man United game looming would have felt tough, I think, to be perfectly honest, because the confidence would have been, you know, rock bottom. Yeah, it, it was a great response, wasn't it? Like, mm. you made a really good point there about you know, going ahead twice, conceding twice. Um, you sort of feel like, you know, in that sort of game, when you take a lead, you want a bit more breathing space. And um if you sort of break down the goals, they were all quite, they were very scrappy goals, weren't they? Right, Apart from the second goal, which is a really nice finish from Smith Rowe, even the third goal, sort of, NK sort of got a bit of luck with, with, with the way the ball dropped. And then obviously we had the penalty and um, yeah, but I think, I think on the balance of play, I think we, we, we deservedly, um, we, we, I think we deserved it. I think we were good for it. Um, and listen, it's, it's always good. It's always good to, to get one over on uh, Chelsea. Particularly loved uh, the the chant. Um, there's nobody here, just like the old days. There's nobody yeah. here, which I thought was uh, really funny. And obviously, I think it was the first game 
with their uh, their really nice season to holders in the stadium. So that was funny. Liam, come over to you. What, what were your thoughts on the Chelsea game? Uh, yeah, it was. I thought it was an. Aw- I saw Man United described as chaotic, but it had nothing on nothing on Chelsea uh, at two two. I didn't think that the half was going to end two two, let alone the game, the full ninety minutes. Um, it was, it was just bizarre in so many ways, and I think that's partially symptomatic of Chelsea struggling at home. That was the only sort of real hope that I had going into the game anyway, that their record at Stamford Bridge isn't great. They'd have known that going into it with everything that's hanging over them uh, uh, and not being able to sell to their own home fans. That's gave us a little bit of impetus, I think. And I think we were also so under the cosh for the first 13 minutes, that first goal more than any other goal besides arguably the third was what really gave us some sort of confidence. And we went, Oh, we can score here. There's goals in this game for us. And then we obviously go two and up and we've been pegged back a couple of times. And then to get the third, I think was really important because I it was always going to be, the, so I'll put it this way. The first goal told us that we can get something from this game if we want it. And then the third goal was like the, we need the first or the next goal to be able to actually win here as well. It was important to us getting three points. Um, and that's the way that, yeah, that's the way the game panned out. Once we got the third goal, we managed to lock ourselves down, see out the first five to 10 minutes, which was really important. And I thought we were actually, I can't remember too many big Chelsea chances. And I thought we were very good value to hold on for a 3-2. And I thought, I don't think Chelsea did enough to, to get anything from it in the second half I'm specifically referring to. And I thought we were very good value for the win in the end. Um, 4-2 was was a bit of a cherry on top, but who gives a fuck? Yeah, Back quite literally. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, who um, gives a fuck? <laughs> It it was nice to, the the penalty was 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 you know it just sort of eased the eased the the, the tension right um, mm. without a doubt a penalty for me as well look at I don't really know how he can he can question that you know he bundles him over it's 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 not in there right that's a it's a clear one for me um, yeah. I'm, fair, I'm not even sure did they look at it I don't think they did yeah they know I think they did did they look at it? I mean they have to look at everything then these days and they do look at everything uh, it feels. Um, especially when it's Arsenal involved, right? They have to. If there's any way they yeah. could try and stop us getting something, they'll, they'll try. Um, but, I mean, look, we, you know, I remember seeing the replays. Saka's smart. Saka, I always get, you know, say the names wrong. Saka was smart in that situation. Um, no doubt about it. Um, but fuck it, right? I mean, if that was, you know, we, we say all the time, Steve, don't we? And if it's the other way around, I would expect that to be a penalty against us. Mm-hmm. That's how we look at it. Regardless of what Saka's doing, if his arm's not there in the first place, he's got nothing to fucking hold on to. So don't put your arm there. Um, and, you know, he's not even looking at the ball. So, it's, yeah, he's night and day. Um, and some, you know, some pundits get on and be like, oh, it's not a penalty. He's doing this, that and the other. So what? So and what? He's, not, he's not really trying to pull away either. He's not making much effort to get out of the Like, he's found himself in this situation. He's not made much effort to get out of it, really. He's kind of like, mm-hmm. no, well, it kind of benefits me for you to hold your my arm here because it means you're further away from another bang average Cedric cross which can I just mention thank Christ one of his crosses has finally led to something oh. um, which there, there was a few moments in that game where he, he got into really good positions and the ball yeah, I, was just 
atrocious. Like it was just the cutback was was it was a, it was like a double cutback. It was like, well, where where, where yeah, who are you aiming that ball at? Speaking no, of that cutback, sorry, sorry, Liam, to cut across, but speaking of that cutback, how on earth did the bloke who fouled him in that build-up not get his second yellow card? Is one of the most baffling things I've ever seen in my life. That was baffling. I can't remember if I'm honest, but no, the shame of it is though, is Cedric had had a really, really good, when he'd come on, he really helped to settle. Um, I thought, and I thought he was really good. He was a really good exit plan. He used himself well with time. Something I'm really critical of Cedric is he really doesn't time his runs very well, either forward or backward. I think he gets his timing so off a lot of the time. It really frustrates me, but he got them bang on. Uh, he got them bang on against Chelsea, and it was a fantastic exit plan for us, and it worked perfectly. It's just as crossing as shambolic. Um, but no, I, going back to the penalty itself, yeah, it's pretty quick. He didn't do anything to to get out of it. And at the end of the day, if you put yourself in that situation, regardless of what the other guys do, and you've only got yourself to blame when it all comes down to it, so. Who they would want it at their end as well if it was the other way around. So, yeah, who cares? Yeah, it was a great response, wasn't it? It, it just, I mean, we've all said it. Had, had we have beaten, you know, maybe Brighton or, or Southampton, Palace, you know, just just one of those three games. It, it, you know, we, we'd be in such a such a healthy position going into the final games of the season. Um, we went into Man United on Saturday. Yeah, for me, I feel like Calvary will probably be the same on this one. Like, it's always a game that I always look forward to. Um, largely because growing up, you know, in, in watching football in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was like the biggest game of the season. It was the first game. game on the fixtures you look for. And and obviously the rivalry is, is all but sort of gone. You know, it's very nostalgic now, but it's still there for a lot of us. We still look forward to it. We still love to be him. Um, I, I love to see Man United lose. No matter who they're playing, if Man United lose, it always brings a smile to my face. So it's it's it's, it's a team that you know I never want to lose to. Um, it was quite it was, it was quite confident to be fair. Wasn't that worried? Um, I watched the game, but as you know, I was at a party on the weekend, so it was one of those where you're watching it, but you're also sort of you know you're chatting away, you're having drinks, you know you're you're at a social occasion, which and I feel like that sort of eased the game a little bit. It, it wasn't it didn't really come across that intense. You know, but when you watch it back, you know, especially that second half when it's two one. Yeah. I mean, you know, they had the penalty, they had the goal disallowed. Yeah. I imagine it was very, very nerve wracking. Um, so obviously, you you were over this week. Um, you, you flew in. Yeah. Um, before we go into the game, how was the, how was the overall trip? How was the how was it? How was your day in London? Was it good? Yeah, yeah, mate, absolutely solid. I mean, let, let's just say the first obvious thing, and that was it wasn't raining, which was a shock. To, to myself and uh, um, you know going over whenever I do as we know it always pisses rain um, but this time though it was a glorious sunny day you know early start three o'clock in the morning so you know by the time that came kicked off it felt like the evening for me so you know happy days fully fully ready and alert to go but you know like you I think it's funny how you say it wasn't stressful fuck me it was it really was uh, I just for me watching Arsenal at the minute is one of the most stressful things ever uh, I think this because there's a lot on the line um, and I think it's because we feel a connection again with, with, with the players. It's something which has been lacking uh, at the club for quite a long time. So there is a bit more feeling in it, for sure, because I think like myself, like a lot of others, may have, you know, your support doesn't dwindle, but your emotional involvement did for me a little bit. Um, not massively, because look, you still care, right? Otherwise you wouldn't watch it. But if we lost, it was like, 
didn't hurt as much because you just got so used to it, which is horrible, right? That's a really low feeling to have when you support a supposedly big club um, to the fact that you just don't, you know, you, you don't really feel it as much when they lose. Whereas now, because I think this season has been so different, you do feel it. Um, and again, because there's quite, you know, we've put ourselves in a position where there's a lot on the line. Um, as we kind of discussed with those three defeats just, just now, it's, you know, they, they hurt. They, <laughs> every one of them hurt because we knew it was always an opportunity missed somewhere along the line and it might come back to bite you. But back to the the, the trip itself. I mean, yeah, it was, it was magnificent. Mate. It was great to be, you know, back at the Emirates. That's probably one of the biggest games I've been to for quite some time for obvious reasons. Um, and, you know, the atmosphere was absolutely crackling, uh, which was great. You know, really, really nice to be. It's actually nice to be. And I said it to, to my old man, when you know when we were watching the game, I was like, I can't remember the last time I was in the Emirates where it was actually full up, completely. For me, it had been a while because uh, even when we were at Brentford, you remember there's you know there's quite a few empty seats dotted, dotted around, weren't there? Yeah, there fair. was. Um, so it was the first time I'd been you know in the Emirates where it's you know full house, um, big game, a lot. You know, there's there's stuff to play for here um, because there's been too many seasons gone by where because I'm travelling over, like I think, you know, the last home game I went to before. COVID, for example, was what Brighton at home, uh, the back of uh, Emery's era. And it was a case of, look, there was something to play for just about, um, but it still didn't go our way. And the mood at the club was very different back then and it's, it's definitely shifted. So, yeah, it was, it was really nice, mate, to be walking around London in the sunshine and then, look, I, I was nervous going into it. I'm just nervous before any Arsenal game lately. Um, again, you know, not to... to Relitigate it, but just for the fact that there's so much at stake, and what, what, you know, can we get to the, you know, the promised land at the end of the season? So, yeah, I was stressed, mate, for 90 minutes. I can't, <laughs> I can't deny it. And a lot of people in and around me were, in particularly that first 15, 15, 20 minute spell uh, after half time. Yeah, it was, uh, it, again, I, I used the word earlier. It's just fucking chaotic. And Nuno Tavares embodied that in every way possible, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm sure you've heard, and I'm sure you might have saw a bit of it on the telly. It was a bit mad, wasn't it? it was the the disallowed goal came after the penalty, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. The Ronaldo's disallowed goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah but that yeah, was, was quite, that, that was, that was, that was, that was, that was quite clearly obvious. When I saw it, there wasn't. It wasn't that close, was it? That well, way. Far has a different opinion. It was. Mm. It was millimeters, and it you knew it very close. I knew it. It looked uh, it, it, at first sight. I thought he was off straight away, but you know yourself. You like we've got used to VAR as much as it's really fucking annoying when you're in the ground. Um, you've got used to like how how it kind of goes. Like when you know when you know when you think something's obvious, and then there's a delayed decision. You know it's not. And you just sat there as a sport because you're not seeing any replays. And you're just like, fucking, I hope to God this isn't given because that next goal in that game was vital, which proved it proved to be. Um, you know, if they would have scored the penalty or that goal, dare I say, we might have gone on to, to, to have lost that game, um, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, because we were rocking and we were all over the place. Uh, Tavares was having a... Jesus Christ, a lot of people have compared him to Andre Santos I've seen uh, since Sunday, which might be a little harsh. Um, I can see where they're going. <laughs> yeah. I've heard Arsblog call him the Boué on PCP. I thought that was very good. <laughs> it's just it's just so frantic. But um, look, he did well. You know, he got a goal for us. Great, fantastic start. That always helps, right? Especially with the atmosphere because... Yeah, three minutes on the clock and, you know, you're one up against United who, you know, going into the game, 
we're still technically, you know, they're rivaling us for top four. They were just about hanging on, I feel. Um, but that's put them to bed, I feel, unless we do something absolutely ridiculous. Um, I don't think they're, they're in the race after that. Um, and yeah, it's just, you know, like, like you, Steve, growing up, that was the game we looked at. And let's also be honest, because of the era which we grew up in, a lot of my mates support Man United. Actually, pretty much most of them do. Um, and I was heading home to stay with one of those mates uh, in the West Country on Saturday evening. So that was sweet. You know, you turn up, your Arsenal top, you wanker. You know, because you were so, <laughs> so used to giving it the big one. So to be able to, you know, walk walk into his house and I'd seen him for a couple of years and it's like, hey, United are shit, isn't they? And he's like, yeah. They're humbled, mate. They really are um, at the minute, I have to say. They have really fallen from the tree, haven't they? Mm. I mean, they gave us a game, to be fair. Uh, more, more, more of a game than I, than I wish they'd have given us after they got absolutely pouted uh, by Liverpool. But listen, you know, we, we did enough. Um, what, what, what shirt did you wear? I have interest. Did you go for a retro one? No, I didn't go for a retro. Because um, annoyingly, as I was just saying to uh, Liam before you, you managed to get your computer to fire up, it was, uh, I'm still waiting for those shirts back. Really? Um, yeah, they've been posted today. So I was, I was planning on wearing, a, you know, the 90s home home shirt uh the the retro re-release that we did but no i just ended up going with the this year's home shirt to be honest because uh, it's so cold in the mornings mate when i'm leaving you know getting up at boring. three o'clock in the morning yeah boring did you not wear shorts shorts are you taking the pace it was really warm on saturday was it not at three o'clock in the morning you, you, you need to like man up a bit not really, mate. You've met me. Come on. I'm I'm not the biggest built man in the world. I feel a stiff breeze. Right? I, guess I feel a little breeze, to be honest with you. I'm not a fan you say of the cold. You, did you say you feel a stiff breeze? Yeah. I feel all breezes, mate. Stiff that's or what, not. That's what the listeners come for. Um, it's good to be back. Yeah, you back. just listen to a waffle absolute shite, and it? Yeah, this is what I'm we do. You this guys. Do. But no, at three o'clock in the morning, Steve, especially in Ireland, it's fucking freezing, mate. Uh, so it was a trouser day for me. And it's that, it's that awkward time of year, obviously, I was travelling light as well, where, you know, if you get too carried away in the middle of the day and then you get caught out, once that sun dips, oh, man, that's cold. That's not for yeah. me. Do you remember how cold it was after Brentford? Yeah. That was, that was bold. Really do. Because you had a go at me for going to buy a hat, didn't you? Remember? I did. Yeah, yeah, you're not even wearing a hat today. I know, look at that. I did that just for you. So that was going to be one of my. That was going to be one of my warm bands. I was anticipating that you'd wear the hat, and I was going to say people who wear hats indoors. So thanks oh, a lot for that. Completely. Sorry, mate. Pissed all over that parade, and I. Yeah, literally. There you go. <laughs> um, I mean, you can still but, say it. Just I'm not taking offence to it today. No, no. We're in um, the we're in the spring summer months now, mate. So you won't see the the hat for a while. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, getting back to the football. Um, Anything else you guys really want to add? I mean, we could really dive into it and talk about it for days, but um, I mean, personally for me, I thought, you know, we started really well. Um, It was a bit like Chelsea. We conceded far too quick. You know, you get to half time at 2-0. It's a completely different game. Um, Going in at 2-1 just made it a bit bit nerving, didn't it? Um, Man United did, you know, there there was a few moments, wasn't there, before uh, they, they scored a I think it was, was Ramsdale who gave the ball to like Bruno Fernandes and they, they had a few you know, decent chances. Um, there's no doubt, man, you know, you know, you know, a terrible football side, but they've got some really good attacking players and it doesn't matter what form you're in, you know, when you complete so the likes of Bruno Fernandes and Cristiano Ronaldo, they're going to cause you problems. Um, 
But I thought we did quite well as a container, really. Maybe got a bit lucky with the penalty, but we take it, right? I think we got lucky with the penalty. He hit the bloody post, didn't he? Oh, that days. I thought you meant hours for a minute. Yeah, I think Liam did as well, just judging by his response there. But speaking of penalties, one thing that really blew my mind um, was the one that wasn't given, if I'm completely honest. I was down that end just before half-time or, you know, leading up to the, the, the half-time break was the one for Cedric, where he's kind of straddling on all fours in the box. The ball's clearly hit his arm. And uh, in live time, I thought it was, genuinely. The, it's a get-out-of-jail clause for Cedric because you can't be deemed as um, making a deliberate handball if you're falling. Correct. I read that. Really, yeah. Get out of jail. I, did, I, have, I have read this. Yeah, I had I heard it, but still. It's, he, yeah, wasn't, it, it's, he had fell and was crawling on the floor. <laughs> yeah, he, he can't because he's actually using his hands to manoeuvre himself as well. Like I saw him match the day, I think, that they said he scooped the ball, but he wasn't. He was just using his hands to like crawl and I don't know if he was trying to get back up or just at least follow Sancho's path, but it just, he's put his hand down and the ball's hit his arm. He might have done it knowing that it might hit and he might get lucky, but it is a get out of jail free clause. If you're falling down, you can't be deemed to be deliberately handballing. Look, I'm glad it wasn't given, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, quick word on Eddie and Kaya. Any thoughts? I've seen a lot of people giving him a lot of praise. So he deserved a lot of praise for the Chelsea game. I thought he was fantastic. Led the line really well, was a threat all the time. And he fully deserved his two goals because he was there in the mix. And when there was a half a chance, half a chance, something, not even a half a chance as we normally think of it, but half a chance it breaks his way. I thought fantastic. Really loved it. I had a pro- I didn't see much of him from Man United. Now I watched this, but I didn't watch it live. Um, I, w- I had my own football game. Uh, I had to be at, so I watched the ninety minutes back uh, Sunday morning. I didn't see a lot from him, and I thought the chance he had about three, four, five minutes before the pen- well, the, the goal stroke penalty for Saka, etc. I thought was a really poor miss. I thought it was a really poor miss, but I've not seen anyone talk about it. So, Kelvin, you were there. Well, have I missed it's one of those though. on TV? No, I mean, you're absolutely spot on. It was a terrible effort on goal for a striker um, in that scenario. I thought <laughs> he just got ahead that... of himself. It's probably fairer. Maybe, I think maybe a cooler head Lacazette probably finished it away because he's 30-odd years old and, and he's got the, a bit of know-how and a bit of experience. But I thought he just rushed it. He felt, oh my shit, I've got a chance. And, Sort of thrashed at it a bit. Yeah, he, he did snap at it, but still, like you're a professional footballer, you kick footballs every day. Do you know what I mean? You do these finishing drills every day. Um, and look, I know you can't replicate, you know, the pressure of a you know live match in front of thousands of minutes or millions if you want to include TV. But you know, I agree with you. It was a really poor miss. I felt it at the time. I thought it was a really poor miss. I was kind of you know eyesight behind that uh, with that angle. Um, you know, De Gea didn't have to dive. That says it all. Um, you didn't really have to do a lot. You just had to put his hands up to stop it. So it was poor. But, you know, it, it's not being talk, you know, spoken about, Liam, because it's, it's the old football cliche, isn't it? When you win games, you don't, yeah, you don't I mean, focus on it as much. But, yeah. I mean, generally, is there something from his general game that I missed? Because I didn't think he was all that, really. Not, I'm not no. saying he was bad. I'm just not saying, I just don't think he was as good as he was at Chelsea, but it seemed I, a lot of praise for him. 
Yeah, and I think that's exactly it, though, isn't it? Right when you you know he's gone and scored a couple of goals away from home to help us in a four two away win at Chelsea, and he was great in that game. He, I think the the key word you were looking for was anticipation. He was anticipating a lot. He was on his toes, and it didn't seem that way um, against United. If I'm completely honest, you know he did bits. I mean, he was no no better, no worse than what Lacazette would have probably been in this situation. If I'm completely honest with you. Um, he really tired, actually. That was one thing I really noticed in the second half. He wasn't running around a lot. And I, I mean, did he actually get taken off in the end? I can't remember, to be perfectly honest with you. No, um, Saka got an injury, didn't he? And yeah. so I think Saka came off the holding in the end. I don't know if we had any more. Mm. No, I can't. Off the top of my head, I can't remember. But I do remember distinctively thinking he looks gassed here. Like, um, if we can take him off, we should. But, you know... It, Again, I, I I didn't come out with the Emirates on on Saturday going fucking Andy Ketchup played bad. I just like like most people, I think I was just buzzing. You know, it's just great. We rode a storm. We definitely got some luck um, throughout the course of that ninety minutes, and you know, to come out with a three-one win, two great big wins back to back, puts us right in the mix again, doesn't it? Puts us back in the driving seat effectively. Um, and I think you know we all went, you know, we rode that 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 cloud and that high feeling all the way home. Um, once the game finished, so yeah, I mean, I don't think you miss much, Demolish. I think you're, you know, you're spot on with what you're saying. He didn't offer a great deal. Um, missed one decent opportunity. Obviously, slotted one goal, um, which was surprisingly brought back correctly to give us a penalty, which I was also surprised at because it's far. Um, but we were all saying it in the ground though. Like, if you're going to disallow the goal, then whether you know what happened before, then well, it's a, you know it's a foul. So the offside actually doesn't matter. And to actually see that go correctly for you was, yeah, it was nice, right? And then obviously Saka stepping up and bagging a second penalty. Brilliant. Were, were uh, my texts coming through? Because I, I knew, I obviously knew you in the ground and I was watching it on, on BT and they were showing that, but I didn't know how, I mean, it was, I was watching you, it live, but, it? but you know, there's always a bit of a delay. Oh, it's so bad, isn't it? Let's see, we know that's one thing they need to improve on when they do these stadium upgrades is that there, there is no mobile signal when you're in the Emirates. It's fucking shite. Um, we'll fast forward that can be my one bad actually but they would come through like I think it was maybe like 10 minutes after or something like that and then really? some just won't send like the, the penalty video that I sent you um, at the time that, I mean that must have taken about 20 minutes to get through to you 20 minutes easily yeah, I'd already posted one time. by then I think yeah pro- probably mate yeah probably but look that's hopefully that's one thing they do change in the, in the ground because once you're in there this don't think I think the problem is you can't because there's 60,000. So I know a little bit of tech, but 60,000 people are all trying to connect to the same tower yeah. or master the same two or three. So there's no way you'll get it in the same in any ground, but you can flip your network. Um, if you put your network to not search for 5G or whatever it normally is set to and search for 3G, no one's on those networks. So usually you get better signal. But there's a reason for that, Liam, because we all know that, I mean, look, I live in Ireland, mate. You know, mobile signal is not, not the best, especially when you leave Dublin, right? Um, and I live in the countryside. 3G, you may as well not it, just just switch it off. It doesn't do anything anymore. You could be sat there. I've got 3G. Nothing's fucking loading. You know what I mean? Like Google, nah, nothing. Ah, nothing but it might 3G. take 19 minutes to get to Steve next time, not 20. Oh, so, he's always got a little retort. Look, he's back. Look, back with a bang. Back with a bang. Sorry. Yeah, uh, you. you no, next week good. on Tech Time with Calvin on and Liam, it. they talk <laughs> yeah. the new Nokia 24/7. Oh, never um, lasting. It's solar panels on it. Never, I, the battery never dies. Imagine that. I actually don't get terrible signal 
you know, I also I get uh, signal the Emirates actually weirdly. Maybe it's EE. No, you get. I've got a signal, but nothing works. Yeah, it's because everyone. It's like on New Year's. I always used to get it. I don't. Not so much anymore. But on like New Year's Day, everyone's trying to send Happy New Year to to yeah. everybody around you, and the signals go fucked, and the servers are overloaded. It's the same idea. Just on that. Sorry, Go Steve. On. I just got asked. Just on that New Year's thing, that makes me laugh. And obviously, you lads, you know, I got asked, "Does this happen to you?" Where your mum's obviously generation ahead of you. Does anyone, anyone else's mum, give them that Happy New Year text two years in advance? Because she's like, "I just want to avoid the rush. Want to make sure I can get hold of you before all the mobile networks crash." She does it every year, mate. It's brilliant. Your mum? Yeah, of course. Two years. Sorry, what are you going about two years for? You said two years early. I think he's exaggerating. Two hours. Two, two hours. Oh, right. It sounds like two years. I see in Christ. Wow. That is early. She's well, a that QB. would be early. I mean, two years early would be. They're already up to 2028 at the moment. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's, she's ahead of us. She's boxed no, up two, for like two hours. six years. Yeah, she usually gets in touch like 10 o'clock at night. But happy new year. Just want to beat the rush. Oh, yeah. Fair Just want to beat the rush. Yeah. God. All right. Cool. Um, anything else you wanted to add on, on the had, Man United game? I had one. I saw Ramsdale coming for a lot of stick as well. And I thought Ramsdale was a lot better than people made out. I think he had one dodgy pass, maybe a couple if I, I might not be remembering one. But then he had one or two really good takes from a corner or a cross that relieved a lot of pressure. I thought he made one good save in the first half down to his left. Uh, pretty routine, but when a save he made nonetheless. And then a fucking worldy save from Dallow in the second half that really keeps us in the game. And that save is not getting talked about at all on Twitter. So oh, have I seen right. this wrong? Or is there something I missed? I don't know. I think... Yeah, keepers is a different analysis, isn't it? I was just saying you don't talk about mistakes if you win matches. But then when you're saying that, I think, well... To keep us just get different different kind of slack then because I, I come out of it again I didn't think too much of it because I was more happy that we just got the win but his distribution was off in the first half definitely but he had uh, a couple and, of quite good ones as well I think he was just mm-hmm. ta- I don't think he was off I think he was just taking risks and trying to bypass United and, I, and he did a couple of times and I think it was to me maybe watching it in the cold light of day rather than you know in the emotional yeah that is the game going on at the at that time I thought mm. it was just some went for him and some didn't. Some worked superbly. One he got was very bad. Really the, bad, the obvious yeah. One to, uh, to Bruno, the very obvious one that, that sticks in everyone's mind. But I thought mm. it was some he got really right and were really good and some just didn't quite happen for him. And it wasn't yeah. that. I'd say you're probably right when you, you know, you are watching it in the cold light of day and you know you've got the win under the belt. You know, you don't feel it as much like when you're in that emotional fluctuation. Um, it's much easier to analyse it, isn't it? Once you're, you know, Correct. once you, you well, yeah, once you remove the emotions from it and the, and the stress and the nerves. But absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, you're right. Like you made an absolutely, that, that saviour makes it. He's near post and as you know, Liam, near post saves. Keepers get, you know, if you let it in, you get ridiculed. Um, but it's not as straightforward as it looks, though, to be honest with you. Because if you know, you you, you know, strikers are always told the same, aren't they? You should go across the keeper in those situations. But this is the thing, and it is mind games. Um, but it's such a strong hand, it's such a great save, and that is, you know, it's not just a so you know, it's absolutely hammered. 
that new post. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic save. And I think you're right. It, is, it isn't being spoken about enough, but maybe that's just because he's raised the bar so fucking high <laughs> when it comes to world-class saves. You know, if it's not, if he doesn't look like Superman whilst doing it, we're not interested. Um, whereas, look, it's still a massive, massive save and, and a game-changing save as well. Um, yeah, it was at 2-1 as well. So that was a big, mm. big, big save. And I thought, I thought kudos to him. I thought he was actually quite good um, on Saturday. So I just wanted your mm. thoughts. No, yeah. I didn't come out of it. Yeah, come thinking that he had a bad game. Just that one moment sticked out again because in the yeah. first half. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he, he, did, he maybe kicked a couple into touch, but... Look again. I don't think that is bad because I see what you're trying to do there. It's just you maybe just overhit a little bit. Whereas the, the yeah, yeah the one for Bruno was really bad. <laughs> yeah, was that, really that bad. was bad. That was bad. But yeah, I yeah. just thought some went something, and that well, that save is so so good. Mm. Yeah, I, I did see he got some criticism on Talk Sport for his celebrations. Oh, Danny, Danny Murphy was saying he shouldn't be celebrating um, the penalty miss. Danny Murphy will say anything like that. He, if it was the if it was the other way around, then De Gea did the same, or probably Lloris, if it was Spurs, he'd be loving it. He just doesn't like Good. Arsenal. Of course he doesn't. But Straight also, I, I'm really happy that Aaron Aaron Ramsdale shithouser is back. I've missed that the last few weeks, to be honest with you, because he's fucking brilliant. I mean, not only the celebration in yeah, Bruno's Chelsea. cunt of a face, um, yeah, the waving goodbye to Chelsea brilliant you know that's what you want that's what i want to see yeah exactly and if you don't you're square get in the bin you're square get in the bin he's been at his best as well when he's been having that those shithousing moments like at leicester as well for example they're one of them that's when he's had his best games for us so i'm I'm all for it absolutely Yeah. yeah absolutely um moving on Moving on, one good, one bad for the week. Or as Calvin likes to play, 15 good, seven Things bad. You say this every week, mate. You're the one that comes out, oh, I've got two this week. Oh, I've got three this week. I've, yeah, I've, I've stuck to yeah, my but ones. I'm, yeah, but on I'm the regular. I can, I can, hypocrisy is allowed when I'm in charge of the, uh, the ruin order. Disgrace. You're an absolute disgrace. You're speaking like Boris Johnson. <laughs> and now I didn't have any lockdown parties. Not that oh, you know of. <laughs> so Liam, as you're back on the podcast, like, I imagine you're one good, is that you're back, right? Surely not, no? Well, I've got six for you today. Um, no, I've got <laughs> six to choose from, but the one that I'm going for. Um, that I did think of that being back, but I thought, ah, we've covered that. I'm going back. I'm just going with, I like that I love football again. Kelvin, you mentioned it earlier that, it's so, like we're all caring about football again because something's on the line. Something that was a bit of a dream come the start of the season is now a realistic prospect. And I'm just enjoying caring again. Not so much after we've lost three on the spin to, to mid-table sides, at least who should be on the beach. Um, but I like caring. And with my own team as well, my own team are fighting for a league title. We'd never thought that was possible at the start of the season, but it's realistically is. Um Going into going into the last few games, and so it's wonderful just caring about football. And those bad moments, they make the we don't realise it at the time because you can't think of anything else other than the bad moment, the loss. But they do make the highs oh so much better in, in their own funky kind of way. Um, so I've I've very much enjoyed loving the football again and not feeling that apathy. I think is the word. Apathy is a great word. 
There's me good. Catwin? Sorry, I was just waiting yeah. for you to talk. And... Oh, I, I need in? to be addressed, Steve. You should know this one. If you want to bring me in, you'll bring me in properly. Come on. You mentioned you're the host. Be a good host, for the love of God. Anyway. That's I'm, a bit, I'm a bit rusty. It's been a oh, few weeks. It's been a few weeks. I'll, I'll let you off. And because you got a bit, you know, bit of the old man flu there still as well. Uh, you're probably a bit cloudy upstairs. You don't really need a cold for that, though, do you? Let's be honest. Um, my one good has to be just the day itself. Uh, I had a great weekend as well. Um, so kind of football related, kind of personal, but it was more of a case of great weekend, great result. It didn't rain. Got to catch up with some friends I hadn't seen for a few years. Um, going back to the West Country, going, you know, going going to Chippenham, which was great. Um, so yeah, that that's definitely my one good, short and sweet. But yeah, the weekend of just football, mates, results, sunshine, brilliant. Lads, 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 lads. What about you? I'm What's actually, yours? I, I actually have one good for the, for the day. Um, no, uh, my one good <laughs> for the day. He reeled his right in there, though, hasn't he? Reeled you right in. He yeah, really did. Yeah. I'm giving mean, excuses to keep thinking because he's clearly trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually have one earlier. I thought that'd be one good, and I can't even remember. Can't even remember what one good is. It was that good. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, play, I'm gonna play it safe and say it was beat Man United. Boring. I don't care. I'll do better next week. I'm pocketing that. I'm gonna clip that little bit and then play that back to you when I use Arsenal one week, and you go, ah. Oh. <laughs> Cop out. <laughs> Arsenal beating Man United is always is always lovely. It was and it was a great weekend as well. Obviously, Tottenham dropped points. Mm. Um, West Ham lost, which is a bit annoying, but it means they can't really catch us. So, yeah, all good. Um, one bad in reverse order. I'll go first. My one bad is that Calvin has chose not to wear a beanie for the podcast. Therefore, you can um, use your one bad. <laughs> unsettling my one bad therefore the the case of not wearing a hat has become the one bad there we go if that makes i never sense. thought it influenced your your decision steve on the yeah. podcast there we go there you go all right, you, right so we'll move on to, yeah my one bad this might be don't take it personally obviously i remember talking to you about this on saturday evening as you know i made a journey from london paddington to the west country on a certain brand of railway that you work for and uh i've got a few, few issues God's wonderful yeah. railway. The what? Sorry. God's wonderful railway. Yeah. And uh, so I got that train, and I uh, decided to upgrade to first class to treat myself, bougie bitch that I am. And uh, you can't charge your phone, mate, without it going scatty uh, on your trains, Steve. So have a, have a word with the I, electricians. I always, you must have a dodgy coach. My phone's always charged on there. Dodgy. Yeah, it would charge when you were stationary, but as soon as the train started moving, you tried to use anything, your phone just didn't work. It was bizarre. Um, so there's that. That was problem number one, especially because I've been up since 3am. My phone was lagging big time at that stage when it comes to battery. Absolute shock. Um, but also just the, the confectionery that was on offer, Steve, as I remember texting you that day. You What is it you give out? What are they called? They're little, little snack boxes. boxes. Snack boxes. Snack boxes. Fucking hell. What's in them? You should know. Not a lot. Not a I lot. I mean, even I what's in there, you were here. There's about six or seven different types of them, mate. Oh, is there? So the, oh, yeah. The one I had, I had some very cheesy, cheesy popcorn. 
Oh, I like don't like that. Miniature size for a Hobbit. Yeah, it's not very nice. And then I had some crackers with what can only be described as the most questionable hummus I've ever tried in my life. <laughs> it was fucking <laughs> bizarre. So I think what I had to do is the the lovely lady who did know you, actually. Um, I can't remember what her name was off the top of my head. I think you did her training or something like that in lockdown. Um, she filled me up on coffee because I said I need a lot of coffee. So she made sure I had about five of those in an hour. So I was buzzing by the time I got home. And she gave me about 20 packets of biscuits. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it wasn't all bad. Let's put it that way. But those, yeah, those those snack boxes, they need, uh, someone needs firing over them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you should you should uh, leave a TripAdvisor review. TripAdvisor <laughs> review for, for, yeah, for the GWR first class for, service for being the, absolutely for giant. The question, for the questionable hummus. And Liam, what about you, mate? Can can you rival the, the the story of the the hummus? Or I'm afraid of no. I've not I've not got any stories. Mine's slightly weather related. Obviously, it's actually getting to be quite nice weather, but that means in the evening we get all those biting gnats, and I fucking hate them. And I my unpopular opinion is that they're worse than wasps, because wasps at least they sting you and it hurts. Don't get me wrong. But you can deal with the sting and, and it's gone before you know it and you, you sort it out and whatnot. Nuts, now that that bite, they itch for days and days and days. And I mean, I'm bad. I get bitten a lot more than all my, all my friends and my Tasty family. Boy, isn't it? Tasty boy. I hate, I hate them. I fucking hate midges, gnats, the like. They are a pain in the ass to get rid of. There is always one lurking in the corner that you don't see just before you go to bed, and then they come out of that corner as, while you're mid-sleep. Fucking horrible bastards. He's got a lot of hatred there, Steve, hasn't he? I can really see it. He's delivered that. I hate them. If you could see Liam spitting this out, listener, you'd be like, yeah, this is... Uh... He's like headbutting the wall as well as he yeah. speaks. Like, I absolutely. Not a great idea for me, is it, really, to headbutt a wall? Not right now, no. <laughs> we wouldn't suggest it. I don't think most people would to you at the minute. I mean, I wouldn't do it now personally myself, to be honest with you, because it's not advisable. But I think that's a big question, though. You've, you've posted, once you were speaking now, I was, I was lost. I was torn. If you had to, and you had to make a decision of getting rid of wasps or mosquitoes, and now look, you you would vary depending on where you live in the world, right? But Steve, yeah, I don't it. mean the I don't mean the hot the mosquitoes over in Africa that that spread malaria, etc. I mean in the the little gnats, midget yeah. things that. Yeah, the ones that aren't rizzled. Let's put it that way. Um, we've we've really gone off. Oh yeah, absolutely. Here. But if you like, Steve, if you had to get rid of mosquitoes or wasps, what would you do? Um, no mosquitoes. Do you think when I was when I was over in the states? Um, we're in Wisconsin and uh, there, yeah, you get bitten to shit in the summer. Yeah. Like literally just every, like you, you, you cut yourself a bug spray, but you just get bitten to shit. And they're persistent um, little bastards as well. Like wasps, like you bat away, they go away after a little while you, or, or whatever. But gnats, they're persistent bastards. They will keep coming at you. I'm standing there at football training in the, in the middle of a field near water, etc., And they, they don't give up. Oh, I hate them so much. Big questions. There you go. On, Kevin, though, which would you get rid of? Just being living in Ireland, mate. Mosquitoes are. I love nice. how he's, he's even on like, this sort of question. He's on the fence. 
I'm not on the fence. <laughs> I've got an answer. You gotta let me finish. You, just, you, you, look, you look like you're you're thinking. I'm always thinking, never stop thinking. It hurts for me most of the time. Um, but it would have to be wasps. I think wasps are really fucking annoying, especially when I'm trying to eat my dinner. Bastards. You know, when you get to that time, you're like, oh, it'd be nice to sit outside, wouldn't it? I'd love to have my dinner, sat in the sun. And then fucking five minutes in, you've got fucking Jasper the wasp buzzing in your food, fucking around your food. Piss off, mate. I'm trying to enjoy me dinner. Fuck Piss sake. off, Jasper. So, yeah, for me, it's wasps. Yeah. Well, there's the name of the podcast, so it piss off, Jasper. Piss off, Jasper. I mean, I was thinking more like Christian Hummus. I've uh... <laughs> got a few options. You've got a few options. Got a few oh. options to play with. So, uh, moving on to on this day. So, listener, we record this on Monday, the 25th of April. Uh, 25th of April 2004. Um, I also did, in fact, play. Um, I don't know if you guys remember. It wasn't a particularly special game. Um, it was a 2-2 draw in which also played uh, the White Cockerels uh, of North London, the White Cocks. But can you name the Arsenal 11? This should be very easy. What year was it again, did you say? Just remind me of the year. 2004. 2004. So this is Liam. You were born, weren't you, in 2004? I was seven years old. Jesus. Um, a quick refresher. Arsenal needed a point this day to clinch the title at White Hart Lane. I mean, I was trying to play it down, but you've just sort of come in all good. All I've had to, he's, you know, he, come on. Like, you can't be playing it down. This is one of our greatest days in history, Steve. Yeah. You're bigging this up. This is, you know, on this day podcast when, you know, you've won the league at White Hart Lane, you get, you know, in our most infamous season ever. Go on, Liam. Layman. No, Layman wasn't in goal. Fuck off. He was. He was. <laughs> a, he he started every game that season. In the yeah. yeah. For once, I was quite sure of myself on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Set the backs. Do you want to take one each? Go on. I'll go first. And big soul. Big yeah. soul uh, was partnered by Colo Torre. Correct. <clears throat> oh, just off piece, do you see Saul Campbell was actually at the game on Saturday? He was in uh, one of the local boozers, wasn't he? He was. There was a lot yeah, of people at the game. Yeah, yeah it was Saturday. literally it was literally the who's who. Uh, mm-hmm. Full backs. Lauren. Yep. Ashley Carl. Yeah, well, this is very easy. I was going to say easy. I put the easy one there, but I'm not sure I did really. Uh, mid- in, in midfield, who are we going for? Paddy. Yeah. Yep. Edward, uh, not Edward. No, who am I thinking there? Gilberto. Were you going to say Eduardo? I was going to say Eduardo. Don't ask me why. I think I was going to say Edu and it was coming out wrong. But then it was actually uh, Gilberto Silva. Gilberto Silva wasn't in the team, correct? Perez. Perez, yeah. Yeah. Who's the other one? Uh, I want to say Freddie, but I've got a. Sneaky feeling that was going to bite me in the arse. So it might have been, oh Christ! Oh, this is where I get let down. You see, Christ was oh, not in the like team. Always one player because I know I the think... other two. The other two are, are pretty straightforward. Mm. I'll give you a clue. Workhorse. Workhorse. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Parlor was my guess after Freddie. But I'll tell you, as I was thinking, I was like, I know the other two, but I also saw a stat saying that Fred, like that 11 that we've just named, if it was Freddie as well, they hardly ever played or started together, like twice maybe, the team that we all think. So I was like, well, it can't be Freddie then, because that makes that 11. Yeah. yeah, it must have been Pimpala. Yeah, correct. And then, then up front. The, the two legends themselves. Two legends, Aladier and Sylvan <laughs> Wiltord. What a combo. <laughs> um, Dennis Burkamp to Thierry. That's a given, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, that was the easy ones. And what a day it was as well. Um, yeah, it seems a long, long time ago. You know, that's the last time we won the league. Um, and it'd be funny. I'd bet if you polled every Arsenal fan and walked out and said, you know, come 2022, you wouldn't have won the league again. It's a crazy thought when you think about it, isn't it? It's that it's team quite, right then. It's quite sad, isn't it, really? Yeah, I didn't want to say it was sad, to be honest with you, because, yes, it's, it's emotional damage is what that actually is, to be perfectly honest with you. But, yeah, I think none of us would have seen... You know, not thinking that, you know, we wouldn't have won the league again in the next couple of years, even after that. Um, but there you go. That's football for you, isn't it? That's a beautiful game, my friend. A beautiful game. Is there anything else you wanted to go through today, Steve? Or you, yeah. Uh, the weather's quite nice. I'm a fan of that. Talk about the weather. You like talking about the weather, don't you? Yeah. I mean, we're English. Nice. We should. We should. Um, only one of us resides in, in, in the motherland, though. Hmm. I mean, Absolutely it's, it's, deserters. Yeah, it was lovely when I left yesterday and then I got over to Ireland. It was still nice, but colder. I think that's the only way to put it. And it's been like that today as well, to be perfectly honest with you. But look, I guess we should probably wrap it up there, chaps. Um, Liam, absolutely fantastic to have you back on the podcast, mate. I mean, just so you know, uh, I did have a couple of messages whilst you were out asking about you, making sure you're all right. Um, oh. You know, worried about you. Um, obviously, I put those worries at rest. Uh, because you know you were missed uh, and we missed you as well so it's great to have you back uh, and great thank to you back. then to yeah quick thank you then to, to everyone anyone who asked I appreciate that and uh, yeah it is good to be back uh, it's been a bit difficult but we'll have to see hopefully I'll be back a bit more regularly as well this won't be like a, a one-stop shop absolutely because as you know I always appreciate your support when our host Steve is giving me shit uh, to be perfectly honest with you but look as always, we'd just like to thank you for taking time to listen to the podcast. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, if you do enjoy the show, please do leave us a re uh, review on Apple and Spotify. We would really greatly appreciate it. If you want to follow any of us on the major social media platforms, you can do so. Steve, he can be found on both Twitter and Instagram at In The Clock End. Myself, you'll find me on Twitter at underscore the arse underscore and Instagram at the Arsenal shirt. And Liam, um, seems a while ago that I've said this, but he can be found on Twitter at the Gronin Guner. Uh, please keep an eye on our social feeds for the next podcast. But until then, as always, look after yourselves, look after each other. Take care. Goodbye.